Alright guys, what's up? A little new music to kick it off today. Uh, been listening to some old tracks while Maria and I were driving this past weekend. Got me real fired up to come back in and kind of get after things as I was coming back. And I started reading a new book called The 12 Rules of Life. And I thought it would be kind of fun as I go through the 12 rules to kind of think about talking about each maybe chapter, each rule, and obviously I haven't gotten all the way into it yet, but kind of to use that as a discussion point. And I think the first one is unbelievably applicable to what we deal with every day or what we see every day and the types of people and struggles that we face. And I know a lot of you guys are actively working on being one of the top five people to those around you, right? And so Chris was uh, introducing me to the Olentangy Orange football team, Chris Sansbury, and he's a coach there. And he's, you know, introduced me as a top five guy. And we've kind of used that terminology for a while. And we believe that you are the sum of the five closest people to you. And you probably hear that a lot, but I really do believe in that. And if you surround yourself with people who are actively working on improving themselves, you're already going to be in the top 1%. And that's what we're striving towards is surrounding ourselves with people who are positive, who are actively working on being better people, who are actively working on improving every aspect of their life. They're trying to be a better father or mother. They're trying to be a better son or daughter. They're trying to be a better spouse. They're trying to be a better friend to those around them and a better employee and everything under the sun. And they are actively working on that. And the first chapter of this book talks a lot about how status can be defined by your posture. And so it talks about different species and how literally their brain will change when they face a defeat and a public humiliation and a status change. And all of a sudden, their posture changes. They won't look people in the eye when they talk anymore. They slouch. They don't carry themselves with confidence, and they think that they're a burden on the people around them. You'll even hear people like this say something like, Oh yeah, I don't want to I don't want to burden you or I don't want to come. I don't want to go out to dinner with you guys even after you just invited them. And if you've ever been around somebody who has this sort of sense of defeat, after a while it gets it gets hard to be around them. You're like not motivated. You're like, dude, you know, I just invited you. I I don't know what else you want. And I've engaged in this with quite a few people over the years. And what I've found now is that people who really just start in our gym or in our atmosphere, it's very common. A lot of people starting off, they maybe won't look me in the eye and be able to tell me what they want, what they're here for, what life changed. One of the first questions I ask is, What's prompting this change? What do you want out of being here? And so many people aren't willing to give me an honest answer. And so one of the short-term goals or one of the things that I tell them is, I want to help you figure that out. I want you to be able to articulate the things in your life that you want to improve, that you need to improve, and let's help you get there. And I think the first thing for most people, and this is what the first rule is, is posture. It's how you carry yourself. Stand up straight. Pull your shoulders back. Look at people in the eye. Be honest. Tell them exactly what you want out of your relationships, exactly what you're trying to get out of the businesses that you support, and so on. It's the best thing for everybody involved if you're actively willing to look at the people around you and tell them what you want, what you need, 
what you're thankful for from that person, everything like that is going to help you get a better quality of life from the people around you. And what you're going to start to find is these are the top five people for me because these are the people that I can be honest to and that will be honest to me. And I think that's one of the biggest things that friendship gives people and that's why they love it so much. And when you're reading this chapter, you really start to find that, man, this is something that I love out of people. They come and they might first have bad posture. They might not feel like this massive sense of worth of themselves. And then after about six months, maybe a year, they start to feel more empowered. They start to walk in with their head held high. They trust the place. They trust the people in the place. They know that it's giving them that motivation. So they look you in the eye and they're more honest when you have real conversations with them. And this is one of the big reasons that I tell people to make sure that you reconnect with your coach, with your mentor, and you should have both. I think everybody should have somebody in their life who is coaching or mentoring them and reconnect with them every six months or so at least to make sure that you are reestablishing those goals. Because every six months, if you're doing it right, you're going to be more confident. You're going to be in a better place. You're going to be moving forward and you need some things to help keep you motivated to start working towards, right? So at first it might be, you know, hey, I just want you to be a little bit more self-confident. I want you to be empowered. I want you to believe in yourself. And things like weightlifting and health and fitness and nutrition, that can start to be something that does it for you. But better relationships and having other people believe in you and accomplishing tasks, those things really help it happen also. And so what we want to think about then is every six months we sit down and we meet them and you should be better in tune with how you articulate what you're working on and what are the goals that you're now going to start attacking and what are the goals that you can start moving towards that maybe six months ago weren't even a realistic possibility because of the way you thought about yourself or because of the way you carried yourself. And so you guys have heard me talk a lot in the past how people will come in and people will find you know spouses, they'll get better jobs, all because they started at a gym. And it seems so silly, but the reason that that happens is because of the way you start to carry yourself. And if you have that defeatist attitude, Nobody is going to want to hire you or promote you. Nobody's going to want to invite you out to dinner. Nobody's going to want to go out on dates with you. And if they do, it's probably not going to be something that's very motivating for an extended period of time. But when you start believing in yourself and you start talking to people on a deeper level and you're okay with discussing your shortcomings and you're okay with discussing how thankful you are for the other people in your life and you smile and you give hugs and you are active and involved in conversations, right? You don't run to your cell phone. You don't look down. You don't give people short sentences and one word answers. You dive into real conversation and you're okay with asking people about how they're doing. And you're also okay to let somebody else have the floor for a second, right? Don't always be waiting for your turn to talk. Sometimes you just have to listen. But I think that that takes a confidence. I think that that takes a belief in your own self to let people kind of unload some of their shit onto you. So those are the things I want you to think about. As you guys go into this week and go into this weekend, I want you guys to think about how are you carrying yourself when you walk into places? 
And I look at this a lot when I start to walk into a place, if I start to feel my posture change or I start to feel less confident, why is this place doing that to me? Is it because I'm alone? A lot of times that happens if I go out of town for like seminars or certifications and I walk into a CrossFit gym, which is a place where I should feel welcome and confident. Sometimes just because I'm alone and I don't have any of anybody around me that I trust or care to talk to, sometimes I can feel my posture start to change. I can feel how I talk to people change. And that's something that we want to be really aware of, right? And the better I get at being aware of my posture and being aware of how I communicate and how I talk to people, I square my shoulders up. I look them in the eye. I put my cell phone down and I am present in that conversation in that moment. So take some time and do that this week. And I want you guys to see how people react to you and how people maybe invite you into new things or it will bring on some new thing into your life just because you engaged with a little bit better posture, a little more confident outward presence. And that's what we're thinking about. And that's kind of what chapter one's about. And I thought it was really cool. As I go through this book, I'll kind of tell you guys a little bit about it. Um, you know, it's it's almost like a mini book review, but I like to elaborate on my thoughts on books that I'm reading. And I've always kind of just done that with like a legal pad and I kind of write down my thoughts. And, and a couple of the thoughts that I wrote down for this first chapter, uh, a few quotes here. The first one is, when the aristocracy catches a cold, the working class dies of pneumonia. And this was a conversation a little bit about how the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And I think that that's kind of an interesting thought on posture and presence and creative thought. And what their contention with it is, is that if you are in the working class or you're not sure where your next paycheck's going to come from and you're scared or you're worried or you're unsure of your future because you're unsure of yourself, what's going to happen is you're going to be in a fight or flight mode more often. And that panicked mode makes us do things that are short-term gratification, Okay, so we get into these positive feedback loops, and sometimes that's going to be something like alcoholism or drugs or whatever else it might be, fishing for compliments. There's all kinds of little positive feedback loops that we can get stuck in. But what happens then is sort of a lottery mentality, right? If you're poor and you're not finding success in your career and you don't feel like your prospects for the future are looking brighter, you're going to be more apt to be in what's called a lottery mentality, right? You're going to go and you're going to play the lottery because your long-term prospects don't seem to be able to get you that dollar amount. Conversely, then what happens is the aristocracy or people who are doing really well for themselves, they have full belief in their capabilities. They have full belief that their health and wellness is going to do nothing but continue to improve. They have full beliefs in that their creativity can continue to help them be better professionally and come up with more ideas and take initiative and work harder than the next person. And so what happens then is they have a core belief in their future that helps them carry themselves with a more positive outlook for the future. And what happens then is they don't have the lottery mentality. They instead think about things like long-term investing, 
right? And that could be long-term investing in your health and wellness, right? So they start to work out. They don't try to hack workouts. They don't try to do crash diets and take diet pills and things like that to just accomplish a quick task or get that thing over with that they need to just kind of knock off. They engage in long-term health and wellness, right? Same thing applies with money. They save their money. They invest their money. And what happens then is as the poorer person or the, the working class person who is unsure of their future, they waste their money on lottery tickets and thus become poorer. The aristocracy invests and their dollars kind of begin to work for them as they sit in the stock market or other things like that. And they become richer. And so it was an interesting thought experiment. And I'd never heard that quote before, but um, that's kind of their thought process with it. And a quote along the same lines was, uh, it's Price's Law or the Matthew Principle. It says, to those who have everything, more will be given. From those who have nothing, everything will be taken. And I think this is one of those things that always, you know, keeps in the front of my mind with how I choose to spend my time and how I choose to spend my dollars and who I spend my time with. And I think that this quote applies a lot to health and fitness. And so you think about to those who have everything, more will be given, right? So you think about the people who are healthy and fit, they are going to be more apt to go to the store and make good choices. Working out is a way of life for them, and it's something that goes goes just hand in hand with their daily routines. And thus, healthcare is not necessarily something that's overly important to them. They don't need prescription drugs. They don't need to go and see the doctor all the time. And they basically are given this easy path from a health and wellness perspective. But then on the opposite end, those who have nothing, everything will be taken. And you kind of think about that and it's it makes me a little bit sad for people who, you know, they're really stuck in watching 24-hour news cycles or they're just stuck in front of the TV for extended periods of time. They still buy two liters of Coke and they drink pop endlessly and they snack all day long. And they're stuck in these loops that just basically they already don't have any health and fitness. So from those who have nothing, they, they haven't engaged in that. There's no habits there. And you think about everything will be taken. So now we have have a society of commercialism and abundance and Coca-Cola and all of the other you know soda brands. Coke gets attacked because they're the biggest, but it's everybody. All of the fast food chains, all of the... If you walk through the grocery store aisles, 90% of it is just crap that is meant for you to binge on and snack on and make you fat and unhealthy and unhappy. And you get all these things. And so from these these people who have just unfortunately not found a good way to get past it and they already don't have any health and fitness, what happens then is they get stuck in front of a television that's sitting there telling them, hey, you should have these snacks. They're the best and so on. And everything lies and says it's you know organic or low fat. And all of a sudden low fat means more sugar means you're going to get more fat and unhealthy and more addicted to sugar. So I thought that was an interesting one as it kind of takes to, to health and fitness. And, you know, I think uh, I think these are just, just kind of thoughts to ponder as you think about how you approach other people who maybe are struggling with getting started on their health and fitness journey. And how can we give something to them? How can we break that cycle? How can we be the person who goes out of our way to help them start to make that change? So that we're not taking everything from people who have nothing. And what that would look like is, 
you know, being a health and fitness professional, quote unquote, and being like, oh, you guys need to buy all these weight loss supplements and come buy this 21 day juice cleanse. And then you're going to, you know, lose all this weight and all these things. And it doesn't teach anybody good, healthy habits. And that's why I think we're different is I'm going to tell you honestly, like, look, you don't need to lose a bunch of weight in three weeks for your wedding or whatever. You need to learn long-term healthy habits so that when these life events come up, when these transition periods find you, you're just ready. You don't need to do anything, right? If you all of a sudden come up out of the blue and say, I want to run a hundred or I want to ride a hundred miles in Pelotonia this weekend, then you're just fully capable. You're totally prepared all the time for that. Right? If your daughter gets married and you have to wear some new dress, you automatically fit in it. You're not worried about it because you can just do it. But if we think about the culture, the society, and diet, and health and fitness, and planet fitness, and all these other things, everything is just looking to steal and grab money from people where they lose sight of the real value of health and fitness, which is habit change which is starting to be surrounded by people who believe in you and will guide you to a better path. And I think that's what I want out of people. And I want to break this cycle, this Matthew principle, as they call it. And I want to think about how to the people who have everything, they can give more to the people who have nothing. And that's kind of the mentor model that I want to create at Friendship, where we work on building healthy habits, you become a high performer, and then as a high performer, you help communicate, support, build up, and help the next person who joins friendship build those same healthy habits and sign up for the things that we are going to try to run to build better healthy habits. And I want to get to the point where we're not stuck in these positive feedback loops. And a positive feedback loop is when the medication causes the disease. Right. And so you can think about this as alcoholism, I think, is the easiest way to think about it. You know, an alcohol, alcoholic starts to feel this immediate rush, this um, this positive feeling that they're craving when they take a drink. And the only way to keep that going is to keep drinking, because as soon as we stop drinking, our body starts to metabolize it and we start to come back down. So they need that constant thrill. So they keep drinking until they get so drunk that they pass out. Well, what happens when we pass out is our body starts to cleanse our system of that. And we wake up and we have alcohol withdrawal or what some people would call a hangover. Now, the normal non-alcoholic fix for a hangover is to let it ride out, right? Let your body clear itself of all the alcohol, let it purge and cleanse, and then go about the rest of your day. But an alcoholic, the cure is more alcohol. And so what happens then is the medication, the cure for the hangover, is the disease or it causes the disease, right? And this is true for people who are unsure of themselves and they crave compliments, and so they fish, right? And you've probably met these people that fish for compliments all the time. And they're just engaging in conversation so that you might give them a compliment. And what happens then is when they get the compliment, then they like feel this sort of sense of high, but then they immediately put themselves back down and they don't know how to accept the compliment so that they in turn get another compliment. So these decisions, these habits, these positive feedback loops they start to happen when we start to feel like we are becoming more depressed or more insignificant. Or we have a defeat in our life that starts to bring us down a little bit. 
And that might be a romantic defeat. It might be a professional defeat. It might be just a simple lack of momentum in our life or positive forward momentum. And so what we have to think about then is how do we break those cycles? How do we start to see that happening and get away from it, right? And I think the first thing of that is your posture and your communication to others and who you surround yourself with. And so again, that's kind of our homework this week. And uh, if you guys are interested in reading the 12 rules along with me, you can. If you guys have already read it, I hope that this insight is uh, something that kind of causes you guys to think about it maybe in a different light, or you guys maybe are like, yeah, like I was thinking about it this way, and then we can maybe have a communication about it. So as you're walking through doors this week, as you guys listen to my exit music and my intro music, hopefully that makes you like get jacked up a little bit. Like think about when you walk through doors, like walk through those doors, wherever you're going, whatever you're about to do, walk through with a presence, like come in and like immediately look at somebody and smile and introduce yourself if you don't know them. Or if you do know them, give them a hug, ask them how they're doing. Look at them with confidence, look them in the eye and actually care about what's going on with them. And I think you're going to find that the way that people react to you when you do that is going to massively change. And so I hope that you guys can try this and uh, let me know how it goes if you guys do. And honestly, I hope some of you guys just do it at Friendship and I hope to see the reaction from some of you. And uh, I hope to meet you at your level with a confidence and excitement and uh, we can both have a better day because you know you walked through the doors with that attitude. Thanks, guys.